Dominado! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> Seattle Sports on 710 at seattlesports.com, Seattle Sports app, and lots of different podcast platforms, every one of them that you could name. You can find us there, including some you're not even sure about yet. We're we're into the future. We're futuristic when it comes to podcast platforms. We find them before you do. Hi, Brock. Good, good morning. morning. Good, Laura, good Justin. morning. Good morning. We are morning. unfortunately 40% done with our week here in spring training. 40%. Right. By the end of the day, we are going to be closer to the end than the beginning. Sort of like my life. It is like everything is now on the back nine. Uh, there's nothing left in front of me. Oh, no. Is this why you're playing the 55 plus clubs? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do like. To, well, also, they're significantly less expensive than the other sure. courses down here this time of year. Yeah. I don't know if you've looked yeah, around for less riffraff. I don't know if you've. <laughs> well, it's because of the citizen <laughs> patrol policy. I don't know if you've looked around at the prices for golf in Peoria or Phoenix not. this time of year. Mm. It's a little pricey. Uh, yeah. Like. Dirt tracks for 200 bucks. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go to the over 55, which is what I did yesterday. Grandview yep. Golf Course over in uh, Sun City West. It's pretty close <laughs> to here. I watched some of the game with you guys, and then I, I went over for a late uh, uh, tea time. And by the way, first time, Justin, you weren't there. You'd be proud. It's the first time Salk noticed the size of the base. That's because oh. we were, like, on top of the base. We were right there, <laughs> yeah. right next to yeah. first base. Yeah. I said, look at little Ty France. Look at his little size tens. <laughs> do you see yeah. the difference now yeah. in the size of the first base? And yeah. you're like, oh, oh, actually, now yeah. I do notice From it. that angle, yeah. yeah. Even then, it still didn't look gigantic or anything. No. But yeah, it looked a little Nobody big. should get stepped on anymore. Yeah. No. I no. would hope not. No. And, wow, I didn't even think about the bang-bang plays. You got two inches closer to yeah. the throw? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I'm thinking about the stolen bases the whole time. But you're also two inches closer to the plate. So that should even. Yeah. That part should even. Dang. So, anywho. So I go over. Grandview Golf Course, Sun City West. Rolling in the RAV4. Yep. Pair up with a nice guy and his son in law. Uh huh. We play nine holes. Phil? Huh? His name was Dave. Dave, Dave and Jordan. All right. And uh, I play nine. Play pretty well. Shot a 44 on the front. Feeling pretty good. Okay. Go uh, to uh, use the bathroom at the turn. Yes. And I walk by a group of like, oh, let's call it 10 or 12 women. Ha- now, remember, it's a little late in the day. It's probably 4 o'clock. And, you know, here, that's like almost dessert, right? For, for, sure. so, well, so, Sun City, they're about to bed down. I know. Yeah, it's almost the end of the night. And these <laughs> ladies appear to have been um, partaking in a lot of festivities Whoa. throughout the day, perhaps some day drinking. Because Terrific. they were under the heat lamp and they Whoa. were loud, Whoa. real loud, screaming, cackling. Ah, 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 ah. So I kind of walked by. I'm like, man. They're not playing bridge. No, no. They're oh. drinking heavily and screaming. So I go in. I use the bathroom, and I come yep. out a moment later. And, Brock, I did something you might have done. I walk over behind a couple of them, and I say, hey, could you guys try to keep it down? You're bothered. We're getting some complaints from some of the golfers. Nice. So you flirt. Ah! <laughs> you flirted with yep. Hold on, yep. Maura. Don't uh, interrupt. This, this is where it gets good. That's exactly what I thought. They're screaming. <laughs> so I go to leave. 
right? I sort of wave and go on my way because I thought it was going to be a little one and done. Right. Hey, come back here. Come back here. Come back here. Like, what? 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 Come back here. What do you want? You're our eye candy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you know what I did, of course. Oh. I give him a little, a little oh. dance. Oh. A little, a little magic mic. <laughs> right? I make a little no. strip tease. Like, hey. No, you didn't. Well, I just wanted to give the people what they want, as G's always taught me. Is I it, never want to see this, that again. <laughs> did, did the Sun City posse roll up in the cop cars oh, on the golf course? Quite the opposite. They were in tree. There was hooting, there was hollering, there was cat calls oh more, just God. as you mentioned. Oh, it was quite the scene. And when I eventually had to leave, I thought there was some honest-to-goodness harassment going on. And so I booked it out of there, got into my golf cart, and at two miles an hour, off I drove. But yeah, I, I, That explains your glow this morning. Well, the back nine, I shot 40. So I'm not wow. saying that the cat calls wow. helped. But I certainly was feeling very confident wow. afterwards. You're feeling you yourself. Think? You know what? That is just the ebb and flow. It's like baseball. I mean, baseball, you have some swings and misses. Right. And yesterday, bro, you you were taking some punishment. All kinds I of mean, punishment. I mean, from me consistently, a little yeah. bit from Mora, the manager of the Mariners, firing shots about your long-winded questions. I mean, you're just getting picked on yesterday. I really was. Why, why does he never get mad at Justin? Justin got in on the grandpa on stuff yesterday, too. Did well, he? that was um, funny. Mildly. Yeah, mildly. Yeah, yeah Justin just got to. Justin, yeah. can you do that Supporting. Justin was fine. I'm not, really, I'm not <laughs> bothering me with Justin, no. But more of the way you and I can't come at him, you know, yeah. to really pick yeah. on. You know, he got lost getting to his seats. He got lost in the parking lot. You know, it was a rough day. Well, but the then, Scott Service came for his questions. Oh, just came right at his throat. Yeah, that was unnecessary. But then, yesterday. But <laughs> then Ethel and Marge and Georgia <laughs> and all the nice ladies at Sun City, yeah. were they throwing dollar bills at you? I think that was coming. If I had stuck around any yeah. longer, I think that was going to happen. Good text from the four. Two, five. Maybe Salk was wearing his white pants to go golfing. Oh, yeah. It would be no wonder everyone thought he was eye candy. No, yeah. that's true. That's good. <laughs> Did you go white pants or no? No, I didn't have the white pants no. yesterday. No, I had the Lululemons, though, and as sure. you know, that yep. can really intrigue uh, some of the older women. Wait, how so. do you get on these courses what do you mean? under 55? Oh, it's just you have to be 55 to own a property there. Oh, okay. And it's like $12 if you're over I have 55. no idea. I just assumed it was like. But for the riffraff like me, you can just pay to get on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's all fifty bucks, and they'll let you. They'll let you come play over there. So anyway, it was a great day. Uh, I thought you guys would appreciate that. I was. Uh, I was fairly shocked. That's not. That didn't happen to me very often. Yep. Um, but you know what? Felt pretty good. Yep. Felt like I still got it. I mean, I've always told you my demo. I've always felt like right. was seventy plus. Well, then you would have been very jealous. Yeah. This probably would have been hard for you. You yep. probably would have come over, yep. elbowed me out of the way. It sure. would have been like that. Uh, Chris Farley, Patrick Swayze, Chip and Dale's routine. <laughs> <laughs> the two of us. No. You can guess which one I was. Sweezy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, uh, it was it was quite the day over there. Great. I haven't told Heather about it yet. Right. I'm thinking about it. I want to make sure that you know, I don't want her to get too jealous. Of course yes. not. Right. I mean, like, it's that's the story. It's all. She's got a lot to deal with. Right. And the last thing I need to do is to add this on top of all of her other stresses. Yeah. What if she loses me? Yeah. Right. I mean, what if what if I decide Let to her run off with a seventy plus crowd? The little the little sex kitten you've turned into down here in Arizona. <laughs> Do you remember the problem I had at the same golf course a few years ago? Yes. With the old woman who was ridiculously rude and who yeah. I had to yell at. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. So things have improved. Yeah. Uh, Big quite, turn. Quite uh, quite uh, go to bed. Good. All right. Well, happy you had that day. 
Thank you. It's a Justin. full round, complete day for you. Thank you, Justin. Yes. And I will now sit here and steal myself for the grief that I'm sure is coming my way over yep. the course of the next four hours. So let we'll me kind of get Julio in on it. Well, Julio got in on it last year. He gave me the yeah. hand to my face. So True. we'll see. I'll try to try to bring him down with some of my negativity, <laughs> if at all possible. All right. Here's what we got today. Seriously. Julio at 730. Julio hasn't really talked to anybody in like six months. Right. I mean, he's had a couple of little scrums with the media and stuff, but we haven't had a chance to like really talk to Julio mm-hmm. and see how last year was and what he learned and where he is now and all of that. So he's going to sit down with us at 730 this morning. Really looking forward to it. Sam Haggerty's going to be on the show today as well. I think that's going to be around 830 uh, tomorrow. We know we've got Teoscar Hernandez and Jerry Depoto. Friday, uh, I think we're going to have Logan Gilbert and Paul Seawald. Mm. We're aiming for Eugenio Suarez, maybe Cal Raleigh. Mm. So we kind of have like a lot going on here just in the last couple days mm. of hanging out. We need more time. Um, and I'll petition later when she wakes up and she's listening. But, Kathy, if you're out there, we need, we're going to need two weeks. Two weeks. We're going to need two weeks next it year. It doesn't seem like a big request, does it? Well, I mean, they've already paid for the flights. Like I mean, like, and, and, the, and the house is already booked. So yeah. what? What, a little rental car? Right. A couple of Chick-fil-A sandwiches? I mean, like, (laughs) I think it would be worth it for another week down here. So we should have that conversation, I think, maybe a little bit later. Uh, And, Brock, you should know that Pete Carroll and John Schneider both spoke yesterday, and they gave a little uh, kick in the rear end to the genometer. Mm-hmm. The genometer has moved. Remember, they Once chose again. their words very wisely right. 12 months ago. The genometer has been given a little nudge in one direction or the other. We'll tell you which direction it moved next. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, what a day for the Mariners as they certainly showed up against Cleveland. Luis Castillo looked very sharp, did allow an unearned run in his two innings of work. Ty France, two hits, including a home run. That was great to see Colton Wong, J.P. Crawford with nice days. But it was Teoscar Hernandez who was uh, pretty special, introducing himself in a big way. 2-0. Here's a drive center field. Oh, baby, carry, carry. Goodbye. Just to the left of the batter's eye, a monstrous shot by Teoscar Hernandez, a three-run blast, and the Mariners have a 7-1 lead. Wow. Yeah, wow is right. That's pretty nice to see after he had, you know, a little back, scratched from the lineup the other day. Maybe he didn't want to go all the way to surprise, followed by a trip to Glendale, wanted to wait for a home game. I don't know. Or maybe his back was just tweaked and he wanted to give it a day or two before he golfed like Brock does. Anyway, I don't know what the deal was, but Teoscar sure looked pretty good yesterday. And I'm told so to Bryce Miller. Uh, yeah, and so did uh, Ty France, and so did a lot of the starters. They built an 8-1 lead, and, and I would say Ty France, I saw... From off the bat to the batter's eye over the center field wall, it was a shot. Teoscar, I didn't even see that. All I did was hear it. I heard it, and then I saw people scurrying. I think more of maybe saw the people at the end pick up the remnants of that baseball. It was it was obliterated. And I will say with Bryce Miller, there's a little there's a little Matt Brash to him. Luis Castillo pitched first two innings. He was fine. He was terrific. He's free and easy. Marco's free and easy. Logan. Logan put some effort, but when you watch Brash and you watch Bryce Miller, you're like, yeah, that ball is 
coming, and it's coming fast because they put everything into it. And he was sitting there consistently at 97, punched a bunch of guys out, just another power arm, and kind of felt a little bit like a power arm that we may see in the bullpen before we see as a starter. I think that seems very likely, maybe not to start the year, but soon after. And Scott Service, as he joined us yesterday, was pretty clear, your opening day roster may not be the roster that, you know, carries you all the way, but they got some depth here and some decisions to make. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, as the Seahawks get closer to a decision on Geno Smith and what they're going to do with the franchise tag, I would say it is looking less and less likely, at least that they're going to do that. Without giving anything away, Pete and John spoke to it yesterday. John Schneider speaking specifically about Geno Smith. Michael, I would say it's a, it's always a process. Close. I would say positive. Uh, you know, all these negotiations, some go a little bit faster than others. Usually when you're talking about larger numbers, they take a little bit more time. Uh, Obviously much more complex than um, different sports uh, with guaranteed contracts. So there's a lot more that goes into these contracts. That's John Schneider speaking through a vocoder at the... Indianapolis <laughs> combine yesterday. Uh, I talked to Brady Henderson for a while yesterday afternoon, Brock, because I was driving home, and he sure thinks that they're going to let Gino test the market, that they're not going to use the tag, and they want him to go see what's actually out there mm-hmm. before coming back and saying, can you beat this? <laughs> yeah, and I was listening to the New York Giants general manager as well, because remember, they've got Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. and they did not pick up his fifth-year option, and they've got to figure out, are they going to franchise him? And Is there some similarity between Daniel Jones and Geno Smith? I think there is. I think that just, hey, man, you did it one year. And at times, even in that one year, it was still a little bit up and down. But you did it. And you took the team to the playoffs. And Daniel Jones, they won a playoff game. And and Geno played great uh, against the 49ers in his playoff appearance. That that's you know what that smells a little bit to me like in listening to that. And I know we'll play some of this later and Pete as well. It smells like they've been talking to agents the last couple weeks at the Senior Bowl and at the Combine. They've got a pretty good feel for where the market is. And the market is not going to be north of $32 million for Geno Smith. That's what that smells like. That's a little bit of what I hear yeah. in John Schneider's I, I think comments. I would tend to agree with that, which, by the way, is kicking the Geno meter up just a little bit, back over 50% for sure. Austin Blythe uh, announced his retirement yesterday. It means the Seahawks are definitely going to be looking for a new center, something I think we believe they were doing anyway. More changes coming. Sean Desai officially leaving for Philadelphia. Who would have felt better with him coordinating the Seahawks next year? I think there's probably a few folks in town who might say yes to that. And then Pete was asked about the report that Russ wanted him fired. He didn't exactly take the bait. It's always been with, with the guys that I've coached that um, I'm always going to hang with them, and I'm never going to leave them, and I'm going to be there at the end of all of the good stuff and all of the bad stuff. I'm going to still be there. And so uh, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm hanging. And uh, it doesn't matter who the guys. is. If you, you look at all of the guys that have come to our program, just – not go back to the college days, but just here at, at Seattle, regardless of what has happened, has taken place, or the things that have been said at all, if you hang with them, it all comes back around. And uh, I'd like to demonstrate that faith in the relationship and the depth of what we did together and, uh, and hang through whatever the growth challenges bring to, to us along the way. So I'm good. Good times, good times, good times. Here's the third thing you need to know. Uh, Kraken, Kraken bounced back yesterday. They get a much-needed win, 5-3 over St. Louis. Pair of goals from Morgan Geeky, one from Alexiak, one from Tanev, and this one from Jared McCann. Out of the box, it's Pitlick, and now McCann with a shot. He scores! A bomb! 
going from 19, 27 goals for Jared McCann at the tail end of the power play, and the Kraken have a one-goal lead. Yeah, that was nice to see. Geeky's a name that you may want to watch for a little bit this week. Trade deadline on Friday. Frank Saravalli, who covers this stuff pretty darn well, says, Kraken are going to be an interesting team to watch between now and then. They see significant value in both capitalizing on potentially high prices, meaning selling, and also trying to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'll tell you what else I like. Sports start of the year last night. Julio Rodriguez will join us in an hour. No surprise. He was the rookie of the year. He was the face of baseball at the Home Run Derby and certainly an emerging star. And in our market in Seattle, wins the Sports Star of the Year. And the Mariners win Team of the Year as well. Kalen DeBoer, Leader of the Year. So all sorts of good stuff. Kind of, as we talked about over the last six months, man, it's not been much better in our 14 years of doing this show as far as the teams in town, the talent in town. And last night, a bunch of that recognized at the Sports Star of the Year. Well said. All right, there you go. That is everything you need to know. Uh, we do that quarter past every hour here on the new Brock and Salk show, even as we are here at Mariner Spring Training, sitting right outside. Now, we're told it's going to rain and be kind of lousy today. At the moment, it's not too bad. Ah, it's, it's coming. Little... It's a little bit later. All right. It's at the moment, there's a little yeah. bit of blue sky. The yeah. sun's starting to come up. So, you know, it should be, uh, should be a nice morning to talk to Julio. I want to thank Alaska Airlines and Kitsap Credit Union for their help in sponsoring our spring training coverage all this week. Uh, I-, I was writing about last night, man. This is... This is awesome. Oh, this is your happy place. I love it. Je- where's your happiest of happy places, Ooh, Justin? That's a good question. Yeah, like if you were, what, what is your equivalency with Saul? Because, I mean, we love it here. All, all four of us absolutely love it. But there's just a little something for Saul. This is just, it's the warmth, it's the sun, it's the baseball, it's the environment. It's, it's this, revitalizing. Yeah, this is your, this is your happy no place. No doubt. This is, I mean, anything baseball is really high, yep. but it's more to do with the full experience with the smells, the sounds, the weather, the everything that feeds into making it great is all of spring training. So this is, so, but you're a happy place. When I think of you, it's got to be in motion. I was going to say, a, like, on a bike, on a scooter. I'm like, yeah, I'm like day two of a long motorcycle ride and by myself somewhere. Like, something yeah. like that is pretty great for it's me. But place. this is on the Mount Rushmore of happy places. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh, if it's outside of sports, just put me on a beach anywhere. I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, um, but, like, with sports, I mean, this is pretty amazing, but I'm pretty happy at Seahawks training yeah, camp, too. I'm, I'm training on the water person. with the yeah. sun. Yeah, you're getting like, there, Like, we're, we're just pretty lucky all the way around yeah. here. Yeah. This is the best place in the world. And, and, and Salt <laughs> I just love this. If the weather does turn today, you can seek shelter at Sun City West. Right. Ethel and Marge and whatever other <laughs> yes. names it was. Yeah, what, what did I see here that somebody said that these women who were harassing me, somebody texted in that they were just looking for a date to Golden Corral? Well, there that were, is unnecessary. Wow. There were a lot of jokes. That is a shot that is <laughs> unnecessary. Nothing is going to bring me down today. I have been ogled <laughs> and harassed by old women, and we're ready to hear from Jared Kelnick. <laughs> Next. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Playing that anymore. We don't need Unchained Melody. No, no, keep it going. Luis is gone. Keep it, no, keep it on. We don't need the ghost music for Luis Castillo anymore. It's Brock and Salk. Sales Sports here on 710, SalesSports.com. David, I don't need you freaking out, Jared Kelnick, who's nice enough to sit down at the table with us for a few minutes. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Good. You guys? You familiar with that song? 
Righteous Brothers? No. Oh, oh really? It's yeah. a great love scene in <laughs> movie Ghost. Uh, they keep teasing me because I think that Luis Castillo is pretty awesome. Like, to bring in an ace pitcher in the middle of a year kind of matters, right? For sure. For sure. He's definitely a, uh unbelievable talent. Have you watched him in the traject machine yet? No, I haven't. But I definitely do want to face him in real life because I think he's definitely a challenge. Hey, we've been talking about that machine a lot because I think it's just such an unbelievable technological advancement to be able to mimic virtually every pitcher in the major leagues. And I had heard some stories that you like it, that you like to use the machine. What, what, what do you do with it? Um, I mean, I think that it's good to uh, – I mean, you can treat it just like a live at bat. Um, and it's about as realistic as it can be without it actually being a live at bat. Um, but you can game plan against it just because you can have someone behind, you know, really picking the spot where the pitch is going to be. And um, I think it's a, an extreme advantage. Would you use it for that day's starting pitcher to track it and kind of? Yeah, see sometimes what you're get? if I if I don't feel confident, like I I can like I faced him a bunch or I've never seen him before. Yeah, for sure I'll step in there. But you know, if if I got an idea of what I'm going up against. Um, That'll just be my regular routine. So who have you thrown on there? Who who, do, who have you wanted to face just in, in Garrett warm-up? Cole, I've, I've done him a few times. Um, Justin Verlander. Um, but mostly those guys. So if you're going to do it, you want to do it against the best, right? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. What spring training is this? What number is this for you, Jared? Um... I was thinking about that the other day. I think this is four. It's your fourth? I think so. You're so old now. You can't even remember. <laughs> I think it's what, you four. you 23 this year? Yeah, I think yeah. it's four. Very old. How much different is, tr- is spring training number four from where you're at and what you want to get done in this month plus versus spring training number one? Uh, I think I got a little bit more of an idea of what I need to do to get ready. Um, I got a little bit more of an idea of what the, the ticks and stuff that I need and need to feel and need to... Um, just do on a daily basis. Um, I just think, in short, I just have more of an idea of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. When I hear you talking, some of the some of the press conferences and stuff, or, or post game scrums, it sounds like a lot of your philosophies this year, whether it's winning every pitch or keeping the ball up the middle, it sounds like you're sort of simplifying the game as much as possible. Yeah, I think. It's a challenge, especially in the big leagues. There's a lot of distractions um, playing on a national stage. So I think any time that you can really simplify it and focus on just playing the game, I think it makes it makes your life a lot easier. Are you, are you somebody who needs that, who, who needs to – I guess what I'm saying, can you get caught up in your own head and in the mental element of the game and, and almost thinking through too much? Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, there's just so much more at stake when you're in the big leagues because you're playing on a national stage. The fans, the media, all that stuff comes into play. And I think any time that you can, you know, really focus on doing your, your job um, makes it a lot easier. Well, then you got to love the pitch clock, right? Because I would think that takes all of that out of play. You don't have time to think about anything. Right. you got to be right back in there with eight seconds left ready to go. Totally. I mean, I think I'm a big fan when there's a guy on base. I think 20 seconds is the perfect number. Um, it's enough to take a deep breath and to focus in on what you're trying to do and then get back in there. There's some times where when there's nobody on base, the 15 seconds comes quick. Mm. If uh, we were in the cage, Jared Kelnick with us, if we were in the cage, Jared, with you senior year of high school before you're taken in the top 10 and we watched you in that batting cage, probably not on that fancy machine, <laughs> but just on the old school jugs, and we watched you hit, 
right? And we watched your setup and we watched your swing. How much different are you now in that way fundamentally than the high school kid drafted in the top 10? Well, in high school, you'd definitely be there a while. Um, I swung a lot in high school. Um, it's just a lot of reps. And, you know, to me, when I hit it well, it meant it was a good swing. Um, and now necessarily that's not the case. Um, I, I know what, I know what makes my swing my swing now. I've I've studied it a lot this offseason with a lot of great coaches, and so now I just have it's a lot shorter. Yeah. Um, and just because I don't like crush a ball doesn't mean it's not a it's not uh, it doesn't mean that it's a bad swing. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's times where you know I made round to ten. And you would be like, well, you only hit four of them hard, but every swing was good. And I can live with that, you know? Um, and so for me, it's just about getting myself. I talked about those ticks, making sure that those are in line, my drills, they get me right. And, uh, yeah, I don't really try to look too much into it now. What did you learn last year? <sighs> last season? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot, I think. To solidify it into one thing, uh, that I learned, I learned when I'm called upon to just do whatever I can to help the team win, whatever it may be. Um, and I learned that I, I learned how to put one foot in front of the other because it, it was a grind for sure. Um, and when I got back up in September. I just got up there and I was like, you know, I'm just going to do anything. My job, I'm going to focus on just doing that. And, you know, I felt like I played well the last, that last like few weeks of the season. And, um, you know, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that I learned. I, I mean, I, I, I see it. You can see that, right? When you watch Jared play Brock and you see yesterday beating out a double play ball or throw from right field that's on the money to third base. I, I've, I've, I wonder how you've been able to, when the bat has struggled at times, how you've been able to not take that into the field with you or into your base running. How hard is that to do, or do you have a secret to it? No, I don't have a secret. I'm just somebody that, when I go out onto the field, do your job. Um, and I've always kind of been able to separate a bat at bat from playing defense um because i take pride in the work that i put on on defense and on the bases and so i try to separate everything into their own little category that just because you know maybe i had a bad at bat or i didn't take advantage or, or you know succeed at the plate that doesn't mean i can't hose somebody out right here so if you if you go back to last year i think about sitting down here with you last year and you had been with mark mcguire in the off season we talked through that and you know sort of how you were you know working through kind of not overreacting to plays or, or at bats, etc. And you know, I read that Tom Verducci piece that came out on you uh, a couple weeks ago. And fairly quickly into the season, what was it eighteen games or so? You start making swing changes, etc. H- how did that happen? H- how did how did that process work to get from where you were to where you became to now where you are today? Um, you know, I think I think it's a pretty complex question, um, but. You know, I think that anytime something's not working, you got to try to find something that you can't do the same thing over and over again. So, like, by default, you want to change when it's not working. Um, And 
you know, just because it didn't work out, you could say that um, that's the reason why it didn't work out is because I was making all these changes, but I disagree with that. Um, but for me, it was I was just trying to find something that was going to work and trying to, you know, find something that was going to get me into a rhythm. And, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't do it consistently. And But now I feel like I'm in a great spot. Good. It's cool. Uh, where does your joy in baseball come? Uh, when we win. <laughs> I think, you know, it's interesting because I think some look at you and I, I played a different sport, but I wasn't effervescent. Like I was, I was a grinder and, and people would say, gosh, I never see you smile on the field. Or, Don't you ever have fun? But for me, it was just like, man, I love the work. I love the intensity of it. And I think sometimes, you know, intensity and joy, people confuse or, or try to figure that stuff out. Outside of winning, like if, if people were to say, "Man, Jared, do you do you do you have fun out there?" Like I'm see you smile. I mean, everything is so full, hundred miles an hour, so intense. Do you ever have fun playing yeah. this game? Yeah, I mean, I'm not somebody that jumps around and does cartwheels and like that's not me. Like I'm not like that in my life outside of baseball. I'm I'm anyone that knows me, I'm super intense with what I do. Um, like I'm gonna probably go play golf at some point this week and. Like it's it's all business when I'm out there. I'm trying to win, and like and when I win, like that's fun. Like that's I enjoy that. But I also what I enjoy the most about the game is like the mind games and like really thinking of digesting things out and like really trying to investigate of why things work didn't work out, but then also why things worked out. That's really enjoyable for me because like it just makes you that much more aware, that much more smarter about the game. And it's no different like in golf. Like when I have a great shot, I love to really like think about why it worked out. And when I have a bad shot, think about why it didn't. That's what I really enjoy. If you hadn't made it to the big leagues and baseball hadn't worked out for you, what do you think you'd be doing? Honestly, like Cause I think, I've thought about this a lot. I think about that approach to the world, and you seem like a pretty cerebral guy, an intense guy. Yeah, so I mean, I would, would love to probably go be a Navy SEAL. Really? Yeah. I think I can see that. I'm fascinated by what those guys go through. I think those are the baddest dudes on the planet. Um, and you like to test yourself. Yeah, but but also like I love their mentality. Like it doesn't rain, you know, snow, cold, freezing, hot, doesn't matter. Like you got a job to do, so go and do it. And nobody wants to hear you, you know, job. Like so what? It sucks. It's raining. It's cold. Nobody cares. Like. You got you got guys you got to protect, so go out and do your job. You and I are not wired alike. I would complain constantly. <laughs> I'm a complainer. I, you get me out in the cold, even out here tomorrow uh, morning. I'm going to be uh-huh. complaining nonstop. Yeah. Right. So I admire that. I, I I'm not built like That's that. Why you're I, in the radio. I have other skills, thank you. Yes. One of them is not. I'm not wired like a Navy SEAL. Yes. But I wonder how you translate some of that to this game, where not that there's a lot of excuses, but there is a lot of failure for sure. As as you know, well, and and, there's a lot of things that are out of your control too um and i think anytime you can really like be aware of that in general um is is an advantage because i mean i had an bet uh two days ago umpire made two bad calls back to back and you know after the, the first one I, I wasn't even phased but the second one kind of got me for a second and i even called time because i was like i like thought to myself yo like nobody cares in this stadium that this umpire made a bad call. So like I got to get back in the box and strap it on. And I got back in there. I was already in the hole, but I had a battle. 
and then finished out having to get a bat. And, like, that's the stuff that, like, nobody, if I were to go into the dugout after, I, maybe I struck out, I chased the next pitch, right? Going to the dugout, I'm like, ah, oh, the umpire screwed me on those two calls. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So why are you, why are we talking about it? And where did that ball end up, just for the record, the, the, was the end of that about? Center field. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was yeah. pretty good up the middle for right. a home run. And I think about how hard you've been hitting the ball. Think about it yesterday. So yesterday's maybe another good example. Strikeout early, double play ball, right, that you beat out, which was great. And then third at bat, what was it, 111 miles an hour or so off the bat? But it goes to the second baseman. He makes a really nice kind of look what I found play. Right, so is that the reaction afterwards? Like, yeah, what are you going to do? I did, the process was good. Yeah, yeah, you know, I... I had missed a pitch, uh, like two pitches prior. I just fouled it off, and I felt like I was a tick late. So I just told myself, you know, I knew it was 3-1 count. The whole stadium knew a heater was coming. So I was like, I'm not going to be late here. And, uh, you know, I put a great swing on it, and he made a heck of a play. So, like, you know, he gets paid to do it too. My last question is, is I'm sure listening out there, there's a few workout warriors, right, guys that enjoy working out. And I was watching you throw your med ball against the wall yesterday. So if you enjoy the Navy SEAL, you obviously enjoy fitness. You got a psychotic workout, like off-season workout? Yeah. If someone's like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, I want to do something that Jared does. I'm telling you right now, my buddy Daniel Hill, he's listening right now. He's a triathlete. He is a psychopath right. when it comes to workout. What's an off-season psycho Jared Kelnick workout? Well, I mean, I'm not a guy that like, you know, jumps into a freezing pond or something like that. No, like that's no, no, no. that's not what I do. But nope. I do like I push myself hard in the weight room. Like if you were to come in and watch, like I love throwing weight around. Give there. me a little something. Give me a little routine. Well, I mean, I I'm big into like Olympic lifts. Um, so like you know, hand cleans, power cleans, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'll throw up like over 300 pounds on a power clean. Um, but just trying to push myself to like more than I think I could actually do more that's necessary, you know, mm-hmm. um, just cause like, I want to be super strong. I want to move fast and I want to run fast. I want to throw hard, all that stuff. Um, but like I have a, I have a trainer too, obviously I'm not doing this on my own. Um, but I, and that's, that's key too, cause you got somebody holding you accountable. That's the biggest thing. Um, but you know, I just, I'm someone that when I get in there, like, you mean you talk about smile i'm not smiling in a weight room so i'm just in there doing my job yeah are you happy yeah you like it here you're happy with i mean i talked to you last year when i came down to tacoma and i remember you talking about some of the voices a lot of voices and a lot of different kind of opinions right. has, has that sorted itself out for you now for sure yeah i think i mean everybody's a person so i think we go through phases where you know you maybe lose track of you know the avenue that you were on or the road that you're on or maybe you got to find a new road who knows but um you know i i was in a place where i had a lot of people talking to me which like good or bad or indifferent it doesn't matter um but spent this off season working with a lot of coaches in terms of like get me back onto a path that like I felt I needed to be on and uh and right now I'm on a path that I want to be on and I'm going to stay on and uh not letting a lot of people on it who'd you work with uh I mean a lot a lot of different coaches was it it mental skills guys was it physical what what kind of stuff yeah it was it was everything yeah everything um you know I trying to this off season I want to do a lot of just learning I wanted to be a student 
Um, so I just tried to take in as much info as I could. Jared, I really appreciate yeah. it. it. It's nice to sit down with you. I think you may be, and I don't know whether this it's not a compliment or an insult, one of the more misunderstood people on this team because of, as Brock was saying, the intensity. I'm yeah. not sure everyone fully understands just how much you think about the game and sort of that cerebral nature that you bring to it. I really appreciate it, and yeah. it's nice kind of talking about baseball with you. So thanks for sitting down. We really appreciate the time. Yeah. Good luck this year. Of course. Go get them. We're rooting for you, man. We really are. Yeah, that was uh, Jared Kelnick who sat down with us yesterday. Uh, it sounds like we're going to have Julio Rodriguez join us uh, in a little while. He seems to be coming over as if he wants to join us right now. But uh, our plan is for 730. We'll see yep. what happens. Uh, Mora's doing some negotiating yeah. as we speak, which, right. is, uh, which is great. Um, I mean what I said there. I do think Jared is as misunderstood as anybody. Yeah, I think sometimes when you are that intense and, you know, on top of it, when you were a top 10 pick that had your own brand coming out. Right. And we all kind of played some of the some of the sound bites and, and had some fun with him, you know, with some of his bro language early on. Right. right. Smell you later. And he just kind of had a little a little of that. And you just kind of wonder, geez, is, you know, this this guy, you know, too big, too big for the team. You know, too. how, how is he going to fit? He's already got his little marketing brand and all of that. Um, and then now it's kind of morphed into a whole bunch of intensity and, you know, just and at times I think that intensity gets a little bit lost and, and you don't, you know, remember how thoughtful he is. And then when you actually do sit down with him yeah. and you peel an, a layer of that onion back a little bit, Justin, you just feel, you know, just some of his cerebral, thoughtful and just intensity, right? Just uh just a little different wiring than a lot of his chaps around here. And you probably see that a lot more in, in the sport you play. You yes. probably see a lot more guys like that. Yes. And it and it applies to that probably a lot easier than baseball here. It does. And you kind of fold all that in. And these are still, you know, in many ways, independent contractors that got to fit in with the whole rest of the team. And uh, that's Scott's job to, to manage that. And you love his intensity. And on the flip side, the guy we're going to talk to a little later, did he figure out the negotiation? We did. We did a little negotiating yeah, well, with Julio. I just want everybody to oh, know. Wow. That was... He's done with some stuff earlier than expected. Yeah, so he didn't he's... feel like working out anymore. He was tired. No. <laughs> right. uh, Julio's going to join us at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, everybody. Whoa. Sound the alarms. 7 o'clock for Julio Rodriguez. That may blow out some need to know. We may have to move some things around a little bit. We'll okay. talk some football we at 7.30. We can move things around yeah, we'll for do Julio whatever. Rodriguez. Well, he I was... mean, he's just moving some weight around over there. <laughs> yeah, he was on He was on the sled moving yeah. about, let's see, four plates and 25s. <laughs> That'd be about 250 pounds just throwing it around. And, yeah. yeah, he got his lift in, uh, got his lift in Early. But as an independent contractor, fitting Jared's personality with Julio's personality, when you get that, it can be magical. Well, and by all accounts, their personalities fit very well together. They like each other. They've been friendly with each other. They've come they up like together. To they like they, they the both work. Are, they're both workout warriors yes. and like to get in here and all that. I want you to make sure you ask Julio the same thing you asked Jared yesterday about working out and kind of what that what that process is like for him mm-hmm. because he's both of them. I mean, they're built differently, obviously, but two guys that, that really they like want to maximize right. every gift they've been given. I think, I, I right. think both of them realize when they walk around this building, they don't do it arrogantly. But 
But they both realized, and I played with guys like this, like Amon Green and Walter Jones and guys who were just physically different, that you looked at and went, yeah, man, you just you have been equipped with some gifts in ways that others haven't, and yet they want to totally maximize those. As Jared said, like, I, I want to see how far I can push this. I want to I want to push every, and, you know, you watch Julio work out, and maybe that was part, frankly, of, you know, his back getting a little tight last year right. and just working through a long season and because he loves the workout part of it as well. Am I a sucker because I'm buying into Kelnick again? Am I getting suckered in? Because I, I, I'll tell you, I watch him play, and I know he's he's done it before against minor league pitching and in spring training. I know that's happened. And yet I watch him hit down here, and I watch him play, and I can't help but be, you know, ensorcelled by the talent, yeah. just like everybody has been his entire life. Did you say ensorcelled? Ensorcelled, yes. That's a new I, one I talk, I talk to him here, and I fell for it last year, right? I mean, like, he worked with Mark McGuire, and he's... And I was like, all right, it sounds like he's got his head in the right place and he's going to be patient and he's not going to get mad. And then he changed the swing 18 games into the season. Mm-hmm. And then we talked to him today or yesterday, and you guys just heard it a few minutes ago. And I'm sorry, but I come right away from it and go, maybe he's starting to figure it out. And maybe, you know, because he's smart. He's not dumb. He's smart. He's not he might look broy. Somebody in this uh, in this building told me that he looks sort of like the the guy from Karate Kid, right? Like he looks like he's going to be the put him in a body bag, Johnny. Right? He looks like he's going to be Johnny. Yep. But he's not. No. He's a pretty bright guy who thinks yep. a lot about himself and thinks about his teammates and works hard and all of that. So I don't know. I, I, I maybe I'm get maybe I'm a sucker. I'm perfectly willing to admit it on this one because obviously we've been burned a little bit before. Mm-hmm. But he's not thirty. He's 23. Yeah, but you know what this comes down I mean, to, right? I mean, this. You, what do you, you say? Know, this is his fourth spring training. Yes. Wow, he's really been around for a long time. But you and I both know what this will come down to, and the reality of it. It won't be what he does here. Yep. It won't be what he has done in the past. It's going to be okay. Now you're facing a pretty nasty dude, right? Now, can you hit that stuff, right? And get those little ticks. Here's that the you- thing. I know he can hit that stuff. I know it. And from everything I've heard about him and what he does against that traject machine that you and I had an opportunity to work and see yesterday, um, he can. It's not about the physical parts of his game. Quite frankly, I don't believe it's about the mental part of his game. I think he's intelligent enough and understands the game well enough that that's a non-issue. It's can he control the emotional part of it. And I think you heard him talk yesterday just a few minutes ago about how he's working to do that and what he did with the umpire and a bad call and this and that but that's not one that's one time yeah i know we gotta run that consistent i know we gotta run because julio is going to join us here in about five minutes or so i i would just say i know pete carroll loves to say he can't win a game in the first or the second or the third Mm -hmm. i don't think there's any player on this team whose first couple weeks and whose first four weeks of this season are more important more important. Get off to a hot start. I mean, get up and look at that board, and all of a sudden I'm at 280. I'm at 310. I'm not in a one for 15 digging myself out, right? That that very first game you get a couple knocks, and all of a sudden you just see it from the very beginning. His, his first few weeks in that month of April are bigger for him maybe than any other player on this team. I think that's true, right? I mean, making sure that he doesn't have to stare up at 075 that's or whatever right. he's been looking at. Because I, I think a cocky Jared Kelnick 
might be the best Jared Kelnick. That's how he came up. That's how he was successful. And that's really probably his quote unquote happy place moving forward. All right. We've been waiting on this for a little while. Uh, he hasn't really spoken much at all in a long time. Does he even know he was a sports star of the year I last would, night? I would hope so. I mean, you just throw that right on the mantle with all the other big awards he's picked up over the course of the last year. Julio Rodriguez, the once and future king here of Seattle will join us next.